Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We are laying this down on a Wednesday night. You're back in sunny Florida. I'm out in sunny Scottsdale for the WM Phoenix Open. We've got a deep spring preview. We're going to answer big questions, bold predictions, and maybe even a little more, Brentley. Well, Burko, first off, it's not... I, it's not really sunny here. I, I I think you've been over on the West Coast too long. I know. I should have listened to Kate, my better half, who said the last two days have pretty much been miserable in Central <laughs> Florida in the 50s and soccer practice was rained out again last night. I mean, how are the boys going to be ready for their season opener on Saturday? I mean, they're just going to have to tough it up. I agree. I agree. We got to get these kids practicing in the rain. I mean, I've been I've been doing some home improvement projects. I've been doing a little painting, uh, some tile painting, uh, sanding, drywall fixing. So I'm kind of like Bob Vila uh, meets this old house and trying my best. Hey, if you can be a handyman around the house, I can assure you, you will save money over the long run. Something, a skill in which I do not partake in quite often. Uh, but we're going to get off and running. And of course, we couldn't do it without our good friends from Velocity Global. College Golf Talk brought to you by Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on a cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries and in all 50 of the United States. We all know it now. The world of work is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, get the job done. And more than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. And they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, they accelerate the future of work. And if you want to learn more, Visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. Let's get into it. We had Maverick McNeely last week. We really appreciated him for kicking off the 2022 College Golf Talk podcast. But the Springs now, it's happening. It's underway, and it's going to continue to ramp up. We had College Central. I hosted it out here uh, just off the 16th hole at the WM Phoenix Open. We had Missy Farquet and Matt Thurman and Shu, the director of golf for Greyhawk. You were on, Lab was on, Paige McKenzie. So it's a big me, party. Yeah, exactly. It was a party. Everyone out there was there to watch College Central. I wish that was the case. Uh, I certainly kid. But let's jump right into it. Sort of a lot of rapid fire stuff. You sent down a great rundown or outline, if you will. And we're going to start right at the top. Oklahoma. Will they finish the season ranked number one? And if not, who will? I feel like I almost have to say no, Virko. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's just not really because of it, anything that Oklahoma is going to do wrong this spring. I, they've, they've surprised the heck out of me. Christopher Goderup uh, is not only a player of the year candidate, but I think, you know, he's going to be making a lot of money uh, once he turns pro. But I, it's it's more of just the competition. Oklahoma State's really good. Pepperdine's really good. But I think 
Arizona State's going to finish at number one. They, they just finished third at the Armor RE, and that was with David Pouge tying for 80th place and Riggs Johnson tying for 65th. I don't think they're going to play like that uh, as the spring progresses. Um, and I know that Matt Thurman really likes the five that he's got. Preston Summerhays has hit the ground running, and I think he's going to take a couple more steps forward. So I got Arizona State, Burko. Uh, I, I think that I may have stole your answer, um, but <laughs> what do you, you might You might have. I was leaning to <laughs> ASU. I can't figure David Pooge out. We see flashes of brilliance. We know he's had some nagging injuries, but uh, I would lean ASU, but not to follow your trend. I'm going to go back to the team. I was bullish on in the fall and still have no reason not to believe in them. North Carolina. Wow, just to be different, see what happens. And like you said, it might not be anything Oklahoma does wrong. It could be Oklahoma State. It could be Pepperdine. I feel like we've got six, eight teams that could arguably be that top squad at the end of the year. So I'll lean ASU, but I'll go UNC to change it up. Um, We will see what happens in three months' time. Next you had which team outside the top 10 has the best chance to win an NCAA title. I'm going to lead it off. Perfect. And gosh, you can go back and forth. And I'm looking at two teams that both start with a W wake force might be a more safe call. There's something about this Washington team that intrigues me. RJ Mankey has made a huge difference. But they're just playing really well. I know head coach Alan Murray really likes their squad. Just a name to really keep an eye on. If, if you're going to go outside the top 10, watch the Huskies from Washington. Yeah, speaking of, of names, they, they have arguably one of the best names in college golf and Teddy Lynn. I mean, anytime your name is, is Teddy, uh, you're one to watch out for. I, I had Wake Forest as well. Um, I also really like Georgia Tech. Uh, maybe not winning an NCAA title, but certainly getting into match play. Um, I just think one through five, they have the potential to be really solid. Uh, but I'm going to go with Texas because they are outside the top 10. Yes, the, the Cootie Twins are still recovering uh, from that broken, uh, I guess it's elbow or arm. Uh, radial head fractures. Uh, that's, that's the name I had to look it up, but uh, I, I, I just think that, I mean, they're already out of their, their slings. Uh, they're, they're still, are still going through rehab. And if they can get healthy, this team one through five, is as good as anyone in the country. And I just have a feeling Cole hammer, the cooties, it's their last dance per se. Um, I, I just think they're going to go down swinging and, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him. You're on record. I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, next up, which team has the best one through five starting five lineup? Golly, that's, Tough you one. can go. Yeah. <laughs> you could, I could give you, Hey, here's the best one, two punch, or here are the best starting three in the country. The best, the best one, one, two. Oh gosh. Yeah. I knew as soon as I said that, um, <laughs> Not prepared, not fully prepared. (laughs) The best one through five, and it's going to almost sound counterintuitive to other discussions we might have. I think the best one through five is Pepperdine. 
Yeah, I that's that's what I said. I agree. Yeah, they won a national championship, and it's basically the same starting five. Obviously, Clay Fagler's moved on, but those were guys that were interchangeable, could rotate, um, and they know what it takes. And and they're all fully capable, as every coach will say, all their teams are. All five of their guys can tee it up and win a golf tournament, and I don't think 95% of the country can say that. Yeah, we just need William Mao to figure it out. I mean, he's really he's hasn't the, he's the X much. Yeah, I mean, he's the, X, the factor. Absolute X factor. And going back to the one-two punch, I, I, I'm going to throw a little love Oklahoma's way. I think right now, Christopher Goddard up Logan McAllister. Uh, that's the best one-two. Um, yep. So I, I'll throw I, them I a little love. I could buy that. Top 10 team that you are most concerned about. Top 10 team that you have the most concerns about. Now, to your point of counterintuitive, it might be a little stretch, but I'm going to say Pepperdine. Because even though they have the best one through five, they only have six players on their entire roster. And as you said, William Mao may be a question mark. It, it, it's, it seems like my first statement doesn't equate to the second, but there's no let up there. I mean, if yeah. those five don't get it done, you can't put RJ Mankey. You can't put some of the other guys you had there a year ago. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I, it, yeah. It's weird to say, but I, I truly believe it. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's also relative to the expectations of the team as, as well, because if, if Pepperdine doesn't make, you know, the, uh, match play or they don't make the semifinals that's that's a disappointment for them so so yeah I mean that's that is concerning I I'm going to say Ole Miss I'm going to take the easy way out they're number 10 on the dot we haven't really seen them play much their fall opener of course got rained out uh, Jackson Super is the number one player in golf stat right now they just updated on Tuesday evening uh, but just two other players in the top 250 of the golf stat individual rankings. So there's not a lot of help there for Jackson Suber, great player. Um, I just think that Chris Malloy, um, you know, his, his squad is probably a little overranked right now. And that's probably a product of, you know, just only playing a couple of tournaments. Eight teams in the top 25 from the Southeastern conference. You have posed the question, which one is the best? Ooh. I'm going to say Arkansas. Transfer I you? Liked, yeah, I liked what I saw in the fall. And I don't know, just there's something about them that I think as the spring moves on, this could be a team that we might consider as maybe one of those four or five squads that could win it all. Yeah. They, they really know how to carry a chip on their shoulder. I mean, there's just a lot of fire on that team. Uh, we obviously know Julian Perico pretty well. He's a big personality, but I think he really, even though he may not be their best player rankings wise, I, I think he makes them tick. Um, but I'm going to say Tennessee. Uh, they're my pick to, to win the conference 
just like Ole Miss, we haven't seen them play much. Um, Hunter Walcott, Bryce Lewis, arguably two of their best players, aren't even ranked in the top 250 right now. Um, just a couple of poor tournaments. But I think as we start seeing the Vols this spring, um, I think they're going to begin in Puerto Rico next week. I, I just think they're going to surprise. I, I think they're going to come out. They're going to win a few times. And they, they could be ranked higher. Uh, than Arkansas going into the SEC championship. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee. And you talked about a couple of guys for the Vols that maybe haven't played their best. Don't be surprised if one of those two individuals you named isn't in the starting lineup next week, as maybe a little birdie has shared hmm. with me. So just something to consider moving on. Maybe they're trying to light a fire or maybe, hey, other guys are stepping up, which is a wonderful problem to have if you're Brennan Webb, uh, the head coach there. Brennan has done a really, really nice job of bringing that program back to some national prominence. Dark Horse, you say, a team outside the top 25 to make nationals. I'm going to stick with the SEC theme and go down to the South Carolina Gamecocks. I feel like every second or third year, we see Bill McDonald, the head coach, put together a group that either, you know, on that Monday fighting for that top eight spot. Uh, I think there's enough talent there that if you want to go well down, I'm going down that list. I'm going to say South Carolina can make it to nationals. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stick in the SEC as well and go with your Florida Gators. So I thought you were going to pick. I, I thought you were going to go with the Gators. Um, but – there's just too much talent. I mean, speaking of talent, they're arguably one of the most talented teams in the conference, if, if not the country. And we just saw them win last week, their season opener at the Seabest, up at TPC Sawgrass. Ricky Castillo played a lot better. Uh, John Dubois had a, had a breakout tournament. We're going to kind of see what they're made of this weekend at the Gator. Oklahoma State's coming to town. There's a few other top teams as well. But that's the team that I think is, is going to get hot. Uh, and then the question with them is, once they get to Nationals, can they keep it up? I mean, they haven't really had trouble getting there. Um, it's taken some, you know, rallies on the final day of Regionals to do that. Um, but it's just a, been about performing once you get at the NCAA Championship venue at Greyhawk. Um, you know, that's kind of where the, the problem has been. But I, I think Florida's going to get back there. And then also UCLA, just keep an eye out for them playing for Derek Freeman, who is in his last semester uh, as a college golf coach retiring at the end of the season. Um, it's kind of a win one for the Gipper uh, scenario. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on as well. You threw out the name, John Dubois from Florida. Talked to volunteer assistant coach for the Gators, Billy Horschel the other day <laughs> here uh, in Phoenix and had a lot of high praise about that young man. And he could be maybe that missing ingredient to spark some of the others that have been inconsistent uh, in their time in Gainesville. Certainly would love to see it. And then the wrap it up with the men. We'll circle back in three and a half months. You say NCAA title pick. I think I've said it in the fall. No reason to waver. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels in North Carolina. And I'm going to stick with Texas. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're relying on the cooties who we love and who are extremely talented. 
I'm always concerned. It doesn't matter age, male, female. When you get hurt, you know, I, I hope it's 100% healed. I hope they don't miss a beat. Three months, elbow issues. Um, I think uh, those, for me, those are huge question marks that in a month's time could be answered. No problem. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely a risky pick. I, I, it's a good thing we're not putting money on this. Um, but I, I, I just got to. I, I, I got to stick with them. They were my pick at the beginning of the year. And, you know, you just got to gotta roll with what you, what you got. Yeah, you dance with who you brung. I like it. I like it. So those are our thoughts on the men's side over on the women's. It starts with number one, Stanford unbeaten undefeated in the fall you say will they finish the season unbeaten i will say no pure circumstances at one point something will happen you know what i'd love to see unbeaten absolutely it would draw so much attention to the women's college game that they so rightfully deserve um i think at some point some moment they won't have their best stuff and someone might get them. Yeah, I, I, I can certainly see that. But also uh, remember, they're they're getting the regional as well. They, they added the two regionals. Stanford was one of those courses that <laughs> that got selected as uh, one of those new regionals. So uh, rich get richer a little bit. I, I'm going to say yes. Um, the, the one area of concern was what would happen around the ANWA, um, around the ANA, they're going to have six players at the ANWA, but looking at the dates, the ping ASU that finishes up March 27th, which is the Sunday before ANWA week. And then their next tournament is the Monday after ANWA. So two days after the final round, uh, in Napa, California, if Ann Walker could, you know, they're, they're going to be tired. Um, so, Maybe the Silverado is one to watch out for where someone can sneak up and, and get them just because of pure exhaustion. Um, but I'm going to say yes, just because I'm going to be rooting for it. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be rooting for it. And I just want to, I don't know, I'm just trying to think positively. There you go. I'm good with that. Uh, you also throw out who might be their biggest challenge, you know, challenger rather. I'm going to sort of take a different route and you just sort of said it themselves scheduling fatigue. I, if they are at full strength and there are no issues, I tend to say, Hey, you know what? They probably would go unbeaten, but I don't think that will be the case. I think young ladies dealing with the pressure and all that. I might've said Oklahoma state before Kaylee uh, McGinty decided not to return, but um it, it seems like a cop-out, but one to five, I don't believe there's a team that can challenge them. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, and certainly the answer has changed with the, the departure of McGinty. Oklahoma State's still going to be really good, um, but when you lose the second-ranked player in the country, uh, a player who won twice in the fall, that, that's just going to be hard to replace. But I, I wasn't – Quite as creative as you, Burko. I I, um, I I did put down one team uh, as the answer, just because you know I, I figured I I needed to 
throw someone out. Um, and, and that's Wake Forest. And I honestly believe, I mean, match play, we've seen it. Anything can happen. I think that Wake Forest has the one through five uh, to beat Stanford on, you know, a certain day when, when all the cards are, you know, fall in their favor. I don't know if that's an actual, um, you know, idiom or whatever, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if everything goes right for them, I, I, I think that they could sneak up and beat Stanford with Rachel Keene. I think Lauren Walsh probably didn't have the fall that she would have wanted. Uh, she's certainly should improve this spring. Uh, Carolina Shakara, the freshman, Eugenio's sister, she just won at the UC, uh, UCF challenge. She's trending upwards. Mimi Rhodes, a pretty solid fifth player. Um, so, you know, that's a team that one through five in match play um, certainly stacks up better than anybody else. Team outside the top 10 that might have the best chance to win it all at Greyhawk. Um, I struggle first to yeah. find it. Uh, I'm going to throw out USC. USC or Baylor are the two jumping in my mind. Okay. I had USC down as well. But solid. Simple as that. We'll see what happens, right? We, we don't always have to do a, a deep dive, a well, talented I mean, roster. Yeah, I mean, just the addition of Amari Avery this spring is is going to be a boost for that team. I mean, if, if you don't add her, then you kind of wonder. Um, I also put down Arizona State. Just, you know, speaking of adding a player, they add Grace Summerhays. Um, Ashley Many probably is the X factor. She needs to play like she did last year at Greyhawk as opposed to how she played in the fall. Um, but yeah, a ASU, USC, UCLA is probably another young team to watch. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that we get like maybe two or three teams outside the top 10 make match play this year on the women's side. Top 10 team that we have the most concerns heading into the spring. And it will sort of, for me, trickle over to the following question. And I would say Arkansas, who had a really solid fall led by probably the second best fall season behind Rosang and Brooke Matthews, who's now headed to the LPGA tour. I think you take her off that team. They go from a potential squad that could challenge Stanford to I'm not sure what's going to happen the next three months for them. They're, they're good. But when you lose a bona fide national player of the year candidate, those are major concerns for me. Yeah, it was also pretty surprising when I was looking at the individual rankings for their team. And, and they, they do have three other players ranked inside the top 75 in golf stat. And, you know, Corey Lopez is really good. But we got to see kind of what they looked like without Brooke there. I mean, their, their leader, um, their, their senior captain uh, at Mississippi State's event, she wasn't there. She was playing. Uh, second stage, I believe, of of Q School, um, and Arkansas finishes eight. So that's, I think they're a little bit better than that without her. But but yeah, if, if we're talking about making match play, I, I hate to say it, but I I think that's a pretty huge long shot. Uh, we talk about Arkansas and Brooke Matthews. Arizona loses the host sisters, Gina Kim from Duke. You threw out the notion of which team might make it the deepest uh, in the nationals, considering what they lost. Man, that's tough. I, I think they all have huge mountains to climb 
I guess I would lean to Duke just because Dan Brooks knows how to get the most out of his squads. Uh, and I think there's a huge onus on Erica Shepard to make that happen and, and take the sort of that next step that many expected of her. Yeah, I'm going to say Duke as well. I, I like Arizona's roster right now, but they're just too young. If next year, watch out for them. Watch out for the Wildcats. They're going to be really good. But but yeah, Duke. I mean, there's just no margin for error, but Dan Brooks constantly rolls with these small rosters. And, um, and you know, like you said, this isn't his first rodeo. This is the first time uh, that he's had, you know, a, a player maybe not leave, um, but you know, maybe get hurt or, you know, be, be missing. I think uh, last year, Jeremy Boonchamp missed uh, some time early on and they found a way. I mean, that's what the greats do. Um, they, they find a way to win. And so Duke's going to be a team that's, that's going to get to, to nationals. I mean, when you have Erica Shepard at the top, um, they're going to, but, but yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of margin for error, like I was saying. Yeah, there's no wiggle room uh, if they want to try to win yet another national championship. And then a team outside the top 25 that could make a run. And I'm sort of teetering on that 25th spot. Keep an eye on Kentucky. Golden Borst, their head coach, done a really nice job. Jensen Castle, we saw what she could do at the U.S. Women's Amateur. They played well to kick off the spring. They might get, be a team as this uh, next couple of months unfolds, Brentley, that we might be talking about a lot more. Yeah, we've we've seen the men's team uh, surprised. I, I think a couple years ago they made a run at regionals. Um, they, they always seem to be in the conversation early on at the SEC championship. But yeah, the the women's team uh, kind of getting in on the action. They're they're really good. But if you're looking at a team that maybe is a little bit further outside the top twenty-five, because I did say outside, uh, Burko, but uh, Florida State. Uh, Remember what happened at Greyhawk, kind of a, a, a heartbreak uh, of an ending for the Seminoles with that double bogey on the ninth hole, their last hole. They miss out by a shot or two. Um, I, getting Beatrice Wallen back, she was one of those players who competed at Q Series. She only got some Metro Tour status. And for her to decide to defer that membership until after the season – that's music to Amy Bond's ears. I mean, you're talking about one of the top 10 individuals in the women's game still on your team. Uh, plus they have a lot of depth. So I, I see them getting hot. And then Mississippi state's also a team is maybe a super, super sleeper. They didn't get to play their regional last year. They were at that LSU regional, but uh, Charlie Ewing has recruited some, you know, gritty players uh, to his roster and, um, that's a team that, again, could could catch fire at the end and make up for last year. Individuals will monitor the Haskins Award, Nanaka Award uh, list presented by Stiefel. You talked about Eugenio Shikara. Will he win the Haskins? Won't he? I know we had this conversation on uh, College Central of, you'd have to think maybe R.J. Mankey right now. But mm -hmm. you're, you're bullish on Shikara three months from now taking home the nation's top individual honor. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of recency bias, right? We, we kind of vote based on who wins the biggest tournament. So we still have conference, regionals, NCAA championship, individual stroke play. 
I mean, that's all left. That, that's all going to be fresh in our minds when we actually log on to vote. Or um, are, are you an online voting guy, or do you like to do it on the cards? At you know, pre-pandemic, pre I'd, I'd go pen to paper. I'd put it in that <laughs> box. But I feel like the last couple of years, I believe online might have been the only option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that hopefully the uh, cards are back. We'll, we'll have to talk to Stubbs about that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just think there's a lot of golf left. And R.J. Mankey, I, I think I threw out something like he's played the 216th toughest schedule in the country, according to the Sagarin rankings. Th that's, you know, maybe that doesn't really matter too much because, hey, he's beaten who he's playing. But I think as their schedule ramps up and they're, they're going to play a lot tougher schedule this spring, I just don't know if he can kind of hold up against the Shikaras, uh, against the Cameron Sisk uh, of the world. And going back to Eugenio for a second, um, you know, th th this is a kid who is an elite ball striker. I mean, I, I played 18 holes with him at Eastlake, just hits the crap out of the ball. But putting <laughs> has always been the issue for him. And he goes to the broomstick in late November after the fall season's over. I think a few days after that, plays that practice round at Scottsdale National for the PXG event, shoots 59. He was, I was talking to him, and he said he's shot a few rounds of 62 or lower in the past couple of months. And that included the, the final round 62 that he shot to win in Hawaii. So if he can continue that good mojo with the broomstick, with the way he drives the ball, the way he hits, he hits his irons and the confidence that, that this guy has, he's going to win four or five more times, I think. Wow. 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 That would be impressive. Um, but that race, uh, in my estimation, on the men's side, wide open. Oh. You could rattle off 10 names and half of them might not be there in, in three months' time. For the women's side, the Annika Award, no disrespect to everyone else that plays the game. <laughs> Rosang is going to win the award. I want to see how close she will come to Lorena Ochoa's sophomore year. 20 years ago, witnessed a lot of it. 10 events, eight wins, two seconds. Greatest college season I've ever seen. No one has ever been close. Didn't see Tiger when he won his seven. Didn't see Mickelson when he won 16 times in four years. Lorena set a bar in women's college golf that quite honestly has been sniffed, but really hasn't gotten close. I think Rose, and it would have to be yeoman's work, yo woman's work, if you will, to continue what she did in the fall. But I think both you and I know just how special she is. Oh, she's, she's playing a different game almost. I mean, three for three. I mean, she, she, she missed a tournament. I mean, she could already be at, at, at four wins, but, yeah, there, there's especially with their two main challengers now not playing college golf anymore, and Brooke Matthews and and, and Kaylee McGinty. She has such a huge lead, um, even on her on her teammate Rachel Heck. I mean, we're talking about the reigning Annika Award winner. She didn't have the fall that she probably would have hoped. Actually, I know she didn't have the fall that that she was hoping to have, and she's not even on the watch list right now. Um, so just yeah, I. I I, I think uh, I, I don't really know how to set odds, but I mean, I think there's a lot of zeros and a minus sign uh, in front of the odds for Rosang in the Onico work. Yes. Everyone else would have some very good payouts if they were able to uh, convert it, but that's why they play. Hey, Rachel Heck played last spring. She won six times. So yep. things can change 
quickly. Uh, we'll wrap things up. I'm out at the WM Phoenix Open. Preston Summerhays, the freshman from Arizona State in the field. Expectations. I think we get spoiled sometimes by watching the amateurs. Preston's good. He's talented. I think if he makes the cut, it is a successful week for him. Agreed. I mean, just go out there, have fun, learn. Um, we, we have seen some amateurs play pretty well. Matt Wolf had a good week. And, of course, John Rahm tied for fifth uh, in his Phoenix Open debut as an amateur. Um, so big shoes to fill. I, I think Preston, uh, you know, just, just a college freshman. So get out there, have fun, enjoy it. Um, this is a tournament he's watched many years on TV. He lives in the area, going to have a lot of friends and family out. Just enjoy the week. And if you get two extra days, I, I, I agree, Burko. It's a, it's a bonus. 16, we know the scene it is. Some players pull out a jersey. Some throw things into the stands. I'm not sure what I would do. <laughs> I don't know uh, either. <laughs> I, I mean, I stood there the last two days doing – Hits for golf today in Golf Central. The enormity of the Coliseum that I call it to have all the I I don't think I would be able to even breathe, let alone think about they're gonna do something. And odds are they're gonna boo you. So I might just hit a quality shot, God willing, a little tip of the cap and a wave and, and try to make three. <laughs> I'm gonna play it down a little bit. I like that. I, I think the thing that everyone's clamoring for other than holes in one are beers. So, I mean, if, if you could throw, uh, you know, a couple of brewskis up in the crowd, I, I, I think you'll get a round of applause. They, I like that. They would enjoy uh, your consideration to stay hydrated out here in the dry desert air. College golf rivalry. We know Arizona State, Arizona through the years. I mean, what do you think it is? I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of racking my brain because it's such a different animal. Most of these events are 10, 12, 15, 18 teams. We don't necessarily see it, but I would say the closest thing we've had maybe in the last five or six years are the Sooners and the Cowboys on the men's yeah. side. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what I wrote down. I mean, we, we saw it in the Driven Series. And, yeah, I was just trying to think of, of two current teams. I mean, you obviously have the historical perspective, but maybe the two teams that just don't like each other. And I, I think that you have to go with Oklahoma state, Oklahoma. I think there's no other answer. I don't think any other rivalry really comes close uh, to that. I mean, you know, you throw out maybe Florida, Florida state or um, Stanford Cal, but again, I mean, I don't think there's as much animosity and, and not like super bad animosity, but you know, a little, little friendly, rivalry uh you know guys that you know might uh you know get a little fired up to yeah drum there like six and five yeah there's respect and that's where it stops yeah. <laughs> that's about it Absolutely. that's why that's why it makes it fun uh we got a big game on sunday rams bengals super bowl i am all in on joe burrow the bengals are gonna win i've got no skin in the game there's something about that guy that has quickly made me a fan. Uh, major concerns about their offensive line and what Aaron Donald and the Rams defense could do. But remember, the Titans sacked Burrow nine times and they still won. He's yeah. going to find a way to do it. 
it, it's it, it's almost like uh, you know the the next hit could be the one that that takes him out because he has been hit so many times. Um, but I, I I do like the Bengals. I think that's another pick where I'm kind of betting with my heart rather than my head. Um, I think it'd be a feel good story. I, I, I think it's going to be close. I, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, shooter, uh, Evan McPherson, former Gator. I, I think we're going to see him pick the winning field goal. 12 field goals in the postseason, four in three consecutive playoff games. Speaking of the Gators, I'd love to see him win it for them. And I know you're going to spend some time up in Gainesville. Yeah, I'll be at the Gator. So it'll be fun. I'll, I'll be there Sunday and, you know, normally the last couple of years, Valentine's Day, I believe, fell on on either Sunday or Saturday, and I wasn't able to make it up there. Valentine's Day is on Monday, so I told JC, "Hey, I'll I'll drive up hour and a half, and uh, you know, watch some good golf." I'm I'm excited to see. I think that's the first time Oklahoma State's played that tournament, uh, so it'll be interesting to see Eugenio Shakara and Ricky Castillo and. Um, several other uh, good players love that golf course probably have logged more rounds on that golf course than anywhere else in my life uh, I know it's been changed tweaked it maybe isn't up to modern standards if you will um, not overly long but uh, they can make it challenging and uh that place will always hold a dear spot in my heart. So enjoy it. Give my best to the uh, folks in Gainesville. Get a, tra- a tuna melt inside. Unfortunately, Ricky, long time behind the counter, passed away a few years ago, made the best tuna melt in the world. But I'm sure someone has replaced him and doing just uh, as good of a job. But those are our thoughts in the spring. We're going to be wrong on a lot more than we're going to be right, (laughs) but it's why we like to talk about it, enjoy it. You enjoy Gainesville. I'm going to enjoy some time out here in the desert. We always appreciate you tuning in for College Golf Talk, and we'll do it again next week.